Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello, and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and we've got Mark Gill with us. Um, so first of all, I want to say thank you, because I know that you're spending some of your sort of weekend, or not weekend, but like time away, um, you're on location, should I say. I am, um, yes. <laughs> and you've spent some of your time coming to talk to us about whole class feedback. So thank you, first of all. So before we even start delving into this, tell me a little bit about yourself in regards to obviously teaching, like not when I was three years old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I've been teaching uh, sociology ooh, since about 2012 um, at uh, Franklin Sixth Form College in Northeast Lincolnshire. Um, and originally, I kind of went into teaching as a history teacher. Um, and I spent my first year teaching doing sort of history and politics at uh, Blackpool Sixth Form. Um, and then kind of relocated, came home, um, and then taught back at Franklin, did history, politics, citizenship, and philosophy, um, all in one year, which I'd, I'd never recommend. Um, and then sort of found a home in, in sociology, and um, yeah, absolutely love it. I think it's, it's one of those sorts of things where I always say to my colleagues, you know, if I'd had proper advice and guidance, I think when I was choosing A-levels back in the day, many moons ago, uh, you know, it's something that I would have, without a doubt, been doing um, as a student. Um, and so I've been quite lucky to kind of fall into it and sort of, you know, after my first year, the, the sort of subject lead um, uh, departed for a, a, a different uh, institution. And so I was able to really kind of um, just run with it, really, which has been quite good. Um, so we, we have about, you know, 120 first year students and obviously we get a little bit of a drop down then um, into the to the second year. So it's quite a, a sizable part of the social sciences department at Franklin. Amazing. So loads of, I mean, I'm hearing more of this in the colleges, obviously you get big, big numbers um, in the colleges. Um, and I know that I've spoken to a few guests and they've got those sort of numbers, which sort of makes it sort of. I suppose it makes sense to do whole class feedback as well in regards to those big numbers. Uh, before I come into it, is that is that all you're is it just you just pro sociology now, or do you still delve into the politics and the history? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite lucky in a way, whereas a lot of my colleagues are kind of doing sociology and criminology, or criminology and psychology, and things like that. I've been able to be kind of sort of single subject focus. Uh, and they keep threatening me that that might change sort of in the future. Um, but yeah, that's been quite, quite nice. And definitely the whole class feedback sort of comes in a little bit because, because our class sizes generally tend to then average out about 22 students. And if you've got five classes of that, you know, with sociology being, as we all know, such a, you know, extended writing based subject, it really can be quite a heavy sort of workload um and i always sort of say about you know compared to mathematicians and you know people like that who just get to tick uh right or wrong <laughs> compared to us who where we might have you know a lot of really detailed feedback to give um so yeah yeah that's what i was going to ask you how big were your class sizes obviously with those numbers so i suppose 
this is what we're sort of mainly talking about is whole class feedback and some people might use it i suppose if you've got smaller classes it might not necessarily be as needed or, or necessary and i yeah. want to start with a bit of a controversial question is obviously you said about workload and obviously it helps with that workload mm. is that the cost of it's not a yes or no question i'm trying to phrase it in a way that it's like you know open an open-ended question how does that balance out against workload versus obviously students getting the appropriate feedback that they need so you know yeah. obviously we want to, we want to ease our workload because ultimately you know you can't spend like every night till midnight marking although i'm sure there's lots of teachers out there that do that but is that the cost of the students individual feedback i think it's it's trying to find a balance um i mean we definitely don't use i certainly don't don't use whole class feedback for every single assessment that my students would do but we might use it more at kind of regular like performance indicator points like report points um particularly for larger assessments sort of like mock exams where you're trying to get that fed back fairly swiftly so it's still fresh in the students minds and all those sorts of things i think for me workload is obviously a big issue in that we all know that as sort of teachers and i and I'd, i'm a big advocate for you know teacher well-being uh, i had to take an enforced break from teaching um literally after my first year of teaching because um you know for health reasons just overworked and, and and things like that and finding that balance i think is really important and ultimately long term is really useful for students and i know we hear all of that all the time but it's then the practicalities of it isn't it um the other big consideration for me was you know I kind of was getting to the point where I was I was writing masses of feedback on these like 20 and 30 mark essays and I was then you know a few weeks later writing exactly the same thing and I was kind of thinking you know how much of this is actually having an impact on students you know and and we talk very often about you know like when we talk about revision with students and you know uh, engaging with information you know just reading through somebody's you know written feedback how much impact does that actually have on what they're kind of doing uh, and changing i suppose their practices in a way where they can access higher marks higher grades and all those sorts of things um so yeah i mean we in terms of our cpd at franklin we do a lot of sort of evidence-led um stuff so uh, sort of tom sherrington and walkthroughs and and things like that and we were looking actually at feedback as a piece of research done by the education endowment foundation out of ucl i believe um yeah and they and they were sort of saying written feedback you know it, it's not worthless yeah it, it does have an impact and feedback is one of the biggest it was sort of um cost to outcomes in terms of um it it doesn't cost a lot but it has massive effect on student outcomes and particularly for disadvantaged students and and so on and so forth um but what they were kind of saying was um research show, sort of showed that oral feedback actually was just slightly more effective than written feedback now obviously oral feedback could be whole class feedback but it could also be one-to-one -one feedback and obviously for any of us that do kind of one-to-one -one support with students we know that that obviously 
does tend to have a bit more of a multiplier effect you know on, on getting them to progress and things like that so there was a workload element to it definitely i mean you know just trying to get through you know as teachers we want to make sure we've given our students the best possible preparation for those exams and that's obviously really kind of amps it up in terms of the amount of marking we might be doing and in an extended written based subject obviously there's lots of that but i think also it was kind of getting well how do i get my students to actually engage with the feedback much more because there's nothing more frustrating than like you say staying up until midnight doing all that marking and then you know a few weeks later you're doing exactly the same thing and you're having the same conversations and things like that really Mm, yeah, so as you mentioned a couple of things that was really was insightful. It's the idea about the time and one of the sort of payoffs of that is particularly like with sort of like you said mock exams and stuff like yeah. if if you get I suppose whole class feedback, you're going to get that back quicker than students, which means they can make those changes. And also they're like fresh in their mind um, as well. In addition to that, like you said about oral feedback, um, verbal feedback is, is slightly more effective than written feedback and then the third thing you've mentioned there is that engagement from students so like I think we all know that like if anyone gives me a piece of paper with loads of written notes on it I sort of look at it glance at it and then put it in my bag um, yeah. and you know that's something we all do so unless we engage with it then actually you know writing a whole page of A4 of written feedback is is sometimes not as, as effective so going back to how you use I mean I know you said you don't use it for every piece of mm. assessed work and then I'm sure you use a range but in regards to when you do use um like you said you, like I mean we talk about a lot about this word like live marking but I suppose that's just giving oh it's like a posh word for basically oh I mean it what have you written there how can you rewrite that or something like that yeah. you know but um it always sounds really trendy I don't know why live marking sounds trendy but it, it does doesn't it it's, like it's live marking it's just like well you wouldn't let a student carry on thinking Marxism was a good Marks, marks was a good thing for the whole lesson you tell them straight away but oh, yeah. sort of keeping keeping with whole class feedback how do you do that then and what does that look like when you do use that so i mean essentially it, part of the process when when i'm marking is making notes on what are the common errors that i'm seeing um and i'd probably divide that up into just have a little grid of divided up by AO1, AO2, AO3, uh, obviously depending on the type of question. And like I said, I tend to exclusively use it a bit more with the 20 and the 30 mark questions because, you know, 10 mark analyze, 10 mark explain, you can get through those fairly quickly. I think with the 20 and the 30s, it's easy to kind of spend masses of time on it and you could comment on so many things um so it might be you know ao1 i'm seeing that a lot of people are using a you know describing a concept but not actually naming the concept or um people are getting a, a certain theorist or you know theory confused and things like that so making a note of that rather than having to write that 22 times you know makes more sense to deliver that as a by the way everybody you know can we just clarify and let's go over this and check your understanding on it and the same sort of thing with AO, AO2 and AO3 which obviously are a little bit more skills based and things like that you know so it might be you're going through and you, you kind of think well the 80% of these students have just juxtaposed their evaluation or whatever um, and so having that kind of record and then 
that would then form the basis of sort of the the whole class feedback which we often put then uh, sort of on the whiteboard or the screen or whatever and i'll run through them you know trying not to do too much teacher talk because obviously it's not very it, students going to switch off to that pretty quickly um but then that then forms a framework for the students to go through and assess their own work so we'll often have these are this is kind of like your starting point um these are the things that you're looking for and students can go through and be like okay so have i done that and so on and so forth now one thing that i like to do because i'm still a little bit of a control freak is i'll still at the end of each student's work maybe list you know a strength a couple of areas for development you know and things like that um just so they've still got a little bit of an individual um i suppose focus on what is it i need to be looking at because we've all tried it haven't we where we get self-assessments going on and peer assessments and suddenly you know 20 25 hands go up going can you check this am i doing this right and and so on so giving them that little bit of direction as well um sometimes i might not give them any and that's when i want them to think a little bit deeper for themselves and and things like that so it, it kind of is like one element of lots of different methods of feedback so sometimes i've combined it with sort of um success criteria from tom sherrington's work walkthroughs book where previously we've agreed okay what do you need to do to do well on this piece of work you know looking at the mark scheme and so on and then students can use that or like a checklist to then self-assess so you're giving them that little bit of guidance and my thing would be with the whole class feedback it, it's really easy for it to become passive and and that's where i think that that's where it becomes like a lazy assessment feedback method where right you all made this mistake everyone did this well right let's move on um whereas you want them to engage with it a little bit more to actually kind of get that that realization of oh right i can see where i've done that and now you know you've shown me the ways in which i can kind of remedy that um and so on and so forth so um yeah they'll then often go through and do the written comments on their own work based on that initial kind of list um and obviously during that time you're just circulating you know checking and i might even have a note of a couple of students who i really want to kind of hone in on who have found particular elements really problematic and they're persistently finding it quite problematic and things like that um and and that's trying to get them with that that further reflection and then a big part of that i think that's really important is tying it in with modeling um so it's it's all well and good saying to them well you know one of the areas for development is you know many students juxtaposed but the, the kind of you know i mean it's one of those things if i had a pound for every time i have to mention the word juxtaposition in a lesson or a skills lesson but again it kind of can then be a taken for granted assumption well students know what that is what does juxtaposition look like but then how do you not juxtapose um and i find it quite a lot with where students are like yeah but i've i've i i had it in the sort of an end of year exam where one of the questions was on um 
differential achievement in education. And they were just sort of writing. Uh, however, the reason that they don't achieve at this level is due to this. And I was kind of like, but you've not said anything about the previous point, you know. And so what I'll deliberately do is is write a bad model for them, which kind of then ties in with those strengths, with those areas for development, because then they can kind of see it. It's not just me saying this is a problem. It's, well, what does that kind of look like? And very often that's kind of um, an amalgamation of various students' answers that I've taught. So I wouldn't pick at one student's answer in total and be like, you know, this is an awful answer, et cetera, et cetera. But I might pick out like a couple of sentences or, or phrases where I think, right, I can use that to kind of craft an example of what I'm talking about as a strength or what I'm talking about as an area for development. So they can see that model. I And then that can then be a kind of self-assessment exercise. Right, now you've seen that model, go through your work. You know, what do you see? Is there any kind of similarities there and things like that? And then follow that up with a, a good model of how would you amend that, which then leads into your whole kind of, um, you know, repair and share or, or whatever you might do after an assessment. Yes, there's so many different strategies. And like you said, yeah. um, part way through that it's not one thing in isolation, it's a com combination of things at once. And if you are just going to stand and go, right, what went well, even better if whatever the language you want schools use, lots of different use, and then just walk away from that. That and that takes what five, 10 minutes, and the students aren't engaging. That's not good whole class feedback. So, actually, workload wise, it might not be so much at home, but it's in the lesson time. So, going back to sort of when, and I'm thinking, going back to my analogy at the beginning, saying marking till midnight, actually, you're still spending that time, but it's in the classroom with the students doing something rather than the teacher. So, it could be, like you said, a combination of things where the students look at the opposite of a, a good a good one like a, a model and then sort of self-assessing against that or improving that that example or looking at a model and then looking at their own or looking at common mistakes and then working out how they do it you've also mentioned using the mark scheme you've mentioned ao1 ao2 and ao3 so really breaking it down like that so there's a whole wealth of stuff that goes on in whole class feedback that isn't yeah. high by the way what we'll do some feedback in this exam and everyone didn't refer to Marxism as like a, a conflict theory, let's now move on. It's actually breaking down those words. And like you said, we often as teachers use words like juxtaposition. What does that mean? What does analysis mean <laughs> versus evaluation, which is a big one. Um, and I sometimes think I'm always conscious, I don't know how you feel about it. I know we're going a bit sort of slightly on a tangent on this one, but like using words like AO1, AO2, and AO3, I, I, I sort of still couple them up with. The language of like knowledge and understanding application because sometimes the students are like oh yeah it's sort of teacher language isn't it when they sort of use these words and they're like i don't know really what that word means um and that, what are your thoughts on that yeah i think that's definitely a big part of it i mean one of the, the things that i often found when i was doing lots of written feedback was i was kind of thinking okay if i was a student what would i want to know and that's when those taken for granted assumptions come in where you you write something and you like explain this in more detail and they're like but how how do i do that and so then what you kind of end up doing on your written feedback is providing even more and more detail and before you know it 
they're getting an essay back with an essay full of written feedback from the teacher and red pen everywhere. And that, that does a couple of things, isn't it? I mean, it demotivates students because as much as we can say to them, the grade doesn't matter, the feedback is important, students still have that mentality, oh, there's red pen everywhere, this must be awful. Um, or, you know, I got a... a uh, I don't know, a high C grade, not the A that I was hoping for. Let's just toss it aside. I can't read through all that telling me how rubbish I am or whatever. Because they do have that mentality. And, you know, to be fair, we all had that mentality when we were teenagers as well. And I think I was sort of finding I was writing more and more and more on, on students' work. But I wasn't getting what I hoped would be the impact back from it, which seemed so totally counterproductive and what you end up with then in that situation is students just making the same mistakes and it's all like like you were saying isn't it it's, it's how we get students to engage and really go into that kind of deep thought of what i've done because again the mentality the, the average mentality of, of students on these courses and particularly a course like sociology that is so you know there's loads of content to it is I just need to remember lots of stuff. And once I know all that stuff, I just throw it down on the paper and I'll get a decent grade. And as we know, as experienced professionals, to access those higher grades, you know, it's about how you deploy that knowledge. It's, you know, not giving a, you know, I don't know, a, a blow by blow account of Oakley's study into the family and gender socialization. It's, you know, what is appropriate to deploy in that in that situation and and what isn't um and i think kind of by doing whole class feedback where appropriate you're able to do a couple of things like you can verbally explain those things that student that would take a long time for you to write and students perhaps wouldn't engage with and you can get students to kind of engage with what they're looking at which is their own work because i always say to my students it's much better for you to be able to assess your own work and and, I, and that's one of the reasons i don't do peer assessment because i think it becomes this sort of like popularity contest like you know i don't want to offend this person or whatever but i think self-assessment then becomes much more productive because you know, it's about recognizing, okay, where are my areas for development? But actually, what am I also good at as well? Um, and so, you know, if students can then sit down, you know, you know, we, we often do one-to-ones at different PI points. Um, and then students are a bit better able to articulate, well, I can explain knowledge in detail, but I know that my evaluation skills need work and things like that. And so, you can then focus in on those things rather than, you know, having this sort of shotgun approach, let's try and tackle everything in one go, which is kind of what happens in a, in a, in written feedback sometimes on an essay, you're trying to comment on everything because you, you're terrified, you know, am I going to, am I not going to have that impact on that student to get them to stop doing that or to improve that or develop that or whatever? Yeah, definitely. I think there's so much you just said there. I think it was that point of like, of right at the beginning, I think you said something about like, 
if you put loads of red pen over the students, there's a psychological element of that too as well. And I think sometimes the benefit of whole class feedback is realising they're not the only one. So like it's sort of like they're almost hidden, they're not spotlighted in that, whether it be like a a skill or something like that. Um, And also you said like, you know, when they're looking at their own work, it's focused on that one thing maybe, like it might be, like you said, evaluation earlier or some knowledge or understanding. and I think sometimes it's also, I was just as you were talking, I was just thinking it's about the exam question you actually ask as well that best assesses that skill. So like, say, for example, it's knowledge and understanding. I know you've got to do analysis in all your essays, but then then focus on quite a simple, you know, like sometimes the simpler essays are like quite straightforward. So well, actually, do they really know like their theory um, and ask them a theory sort of style question, you know, evaluate the usefulness or, you know, sociological perspectives of something. And then then build up to the more complex ones that are more synoptic as such. Because I sometimes think, you know, what's what are you assessing here? What skill are you trying to get them to develop? You know, you're not going to go on, you know, first sort of term in September um, to October and give them that sort of complex, you know, the essay that no one wants, bringing globalisation and everything else into it, you know. (laughs) And then actually you can build that skill because you're sort of assuming that some of the feedback will be around skill-based stuff so that you can focus your lesson on that. Uh, And I know I definitely do that. I definitely sort of focus a whole lesson around those few things that students do. And I'm a fan of the visualiser as well. We're just working on one paragraph and stuff like that. So it's really sort of, like you said, using a diverse element of feedback to ensure it maximizes the student's potential. One thing I was yes. just going to ask before you go was what do you do then with, and I think you sort of alluded to it because you talked about one-to-one feedback. What do you do? Because obviously in a class where you've got mixed abilities, so from your U grade student right up to a A-star student, especially when you've got big volumes like you've got, you're going to get that whole breadth of of knowledge and obviously there's the danger of teaching to the middle and I know we've talked about how we avoid that and you know talked about how it's not something you just do that the students have to engage in how do you then one stretch and challenge those a star a grade students so that for example if you give a whole class feedback and you talk about like 80 90 percent of the students will be getting the same feedback what do you do with those 20 percent or those 10 percent that have done all those things um, and what and what do you, and what do you do with the students that literally have written a complete essay about something completely different? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's where building in that sort of self-assessment activity gives you the time as the teacher to go around and and focus in on those students. Um, so with sort of my uh, students who are get already at that sort of you know, AA star level, they're surpassing their target grades quite considerably and so on. That's where I can kind of sit down with them. And and very often they're they're the sort of students who often say to you, what could I do to do this better, aren't they? They, They're always pushing it to to do that that little bit better. And that's where you, you then have the time to focus in on, well, can you go through and have a look at, well, what synoptic knowledge could you have brought in? You know, what elements could you have brought in from other modules and things like that? Uh, but equally you know the other end of the scale is then to sit down and be able to sit down with those other students and say right can you see where you and you've already started that conversation with them by giving the whole class feedback where they're already starting to think okay i can see where i've kind of lost marks here um again as you were saying i think really important i'm not the only one that's maybe made this mistake and 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 that's the other thing i suppose just as an aside with whole class feedback because you're delivering it verbally 
you can dictate the tone of it and things like that. Whereas, you know, you write on an essay, what does this mean? Some students perceive that as, well, what does this mean? Whereas some are like, what does this mean? Like, you know, you're getting really frustrated with them. And um, I think that's then gives you the opportunity to, to have those one-to-one -one conversations with those students. And I suppose as we've done this, I mean, I've probably been doing it probably a, a good couple of academic years now. I have found that then when I have these regular individualized one-to-one -one sessions with every member of the class, which are often at our like PI, you know, report points, um, they're much more able to have that conversation of where, where you say, right, so how are things going? And they're the ones who, are, who can actually say, well, I know that I need to work on this and I know that I need to work on that. And that I think often breaks, is half the battle, isn't it? In terms mm. of you're not having to say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, or this is great, this is great, but this bit is holding you back or, or whatever. Um, and I think, yeah, so within class, but then building up to those one-to-one -one opportunities, uh, you know, perhaps fixed points throughout the academic year. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, like, like you said, I think it's when you get them on a task, then you can have those individual conversations. Um, and obviously they're a little bit more serious, I suppose, you do them outside lesson time because obviously the students might be listening on or something like that. But yeah, I think like, uh, you know, I, I must admit, I'm quite a big fan of not giving students their grades. So like I spend the whole lesson doing feedback. Um, I might, like if it's an exam paper, I might just miss the 20, something that they couldn't work out the grade basically. So if it's got a 10, you know, four, whatever, then I might leave, leave out the 20 marker. So they have to gauge the feedback, you know, do the whole yeah. class feedback. I love a bit of highlighting as well, you know, highlight where they're yeah. doing one, eight, two, or three. And then they come up with the, the grade themselves, the score. Uh, and then eventually at the end of the lesson, I will tell them. Because I think sometimes, you know, like you said, the students love to look at the grade and their or the yeah. score. And then obviously that feedback either goes in um or they get angry because or, not, or upset there's a whole range of emotions or they're like oh well, i don't need feedback because i'm really working at a star you know there's a whole i'm not suggesting one or the other it's a whole range yeah. of emotions but yeah i think like you said i think feedback is one of those things that are not sim as simple as hi class here we go here's the feedback it's it's a it's a bit of a juggling a plate sort of thing isn't it you sort of do lots of different things at the same time yeah. um yeah. and being aware of where the students are in their academic year as well uh, i suppose feedback looks very different in in year 12 than it does at the end of year 13. um you know you sort of have to make that gauge of like how much feedback do i give students now because how much time have they got to change that um and so sort of, yeah it's it's a it's, a, yeah. it's an interesting experience and I think as well, there's other ways in which you can kind of, you know, aid mm. with that uh, reflective process that students are going through. I mean, I'm a big fan of, um, in terms of, I suppose, differentiation or whatever within in classrooms, mixing um, students based on their, their prior achievements. So the students who have been doing, you know, and obviously you've got to take into account student personality types and things like that. But then that can be really powerful as well because your, you know, students who have been getting those higher grades and so on are mm. able to sort of work through with the students who have maybe found it a bit more of a struggle. Right, this is kind of, you know, oh, can you see here where you've got that? Or you can get them to kind of have those conversations. 
in a yeah. in a sensitive way and, and it and obviously it's really difficult sometimes to get that class dynamics are very different from class to class aren't they but yeah definitely that really helps and it's i always say to you're tying it in with things like mindset you know you tie it in with things like growth mindset such as you know trying to get across to students that you know we're not all here to get 100 percent, and that's not going to happen that's not realistic but if you can actively reflect you know we're doing it all the time as teachers aren't yeah, we definitely. you know the, the best teachers that we all know are reflective practitioners and i think if we can encourage that in students that is much better for their progress and their educational development as well isn't it and and i think whole class feedback is a way in which you can kind of almost keep a little bit of a hold of the handlebars but take you you know give them a little bit more control and then you just dib in here there and and wherever where relevant um, yeah definitely yeah. yeah and i think you said that as well like that's where it's relevant and appropriate and i think that's sort of the the takeaway um and it, like you said it's knowing those personalities and those students and what what they yeah. like so yeah oh thank you for your time i won't i won't hold you up anymore i shall let you <laughs> get you on fine. with your uh your time <laughs> and your sort of your breakaway but thank you ever so much and as you know hopefully people take some bits and pieces from that um but thank you ever so much for your time and thank you for your contribution. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. You take care. Thank you. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by tutor to you Sociology. Find us at tutor2u.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor 2 or Instagram at tutor 2 You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.